This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, prospect chat number four, recorded on April 20th, 2017. As always, I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and joining me, but, well, as always, is lead Indians prospect writer for Let's Go Tribe, Brian Heminger. Brian, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, a lot of exciting, yeah, a lot of exciting stuff going on in the, the world of Indians prospects in the past week. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, although we'll start with the one that's that's not quite as exciting. Uh, the Akron Rubber Ducks had a lot of talent coming through um, through Lynchburg. They have, I believe, they have Francisco Mejia right now. Um, yeah. Somehow they're they're four and nine, last in the the creatively named Eastern League Western Division. Um, their <laughs> offense is the middle of the road for most things. Uh, they've won two of the last three, but it's not a great not a great start for the Ducks. Do you want to walk us through why that is? Yeah, it's. And it, it makes no sense when you look at who's on that team because they have Yu Chang Chang, Bobby Bradley, Francisco Mejia, Greg Allen, Rob Kaminsky. Those are right there five top ten Indians prospects that on the same team. team. Yeah, <laughs> and they have like Julian Merriweather, the best fastball in the entire system. Um, some a de- some decent bullpen arms. I mean, it just made no sense with how slow of a start they had, but. A couple players were really struggling out of the gate, and uh, the pitching actually was not very good to start the season. I mean, I don't think any of the starters had a good first start, except maybe Luis Lugo. And even then, uh, it wasn't a great start. So things have finally started to stabilize a little bit. Uh, Julian Merriweather, who gave up five runs in his first start, has given up, I think, two runs in his last two starts combined. And he's he's really started to settle in. Um, and, I mean, last year, Merriweather didn't give up his fifth run, earned run, until, like, his sixth or seventh start. No so, <laughs> so yeah, he, yeah he's, he definitely got off to a rocky start this time around. But, I mean, last start, I think he went seven innings, struck out, like, eight or nine. I mean, he, he's looking a lot better. I expect to see him in Columbus at some point by the end of the year for sure. And, and uh, Bobby Bradley got off to a horrific start just brutal and and that's to be expected that it's going to be slow i mean again i've said this time and time again the jump from high a to double a is the hardest in baseball but man he really proved that because he was batting like below 100 for a while Uh, he's finally starting to show some signs of life though is this past week he was much better he's already hit his third home run now um and and he's walking a lot so he's one of the the org leaders in walks still so he's, he's showing some patience. He's not getting frustrated out there. And the batting average is starting to climb. It's back over the Mendoza line, which is good. Yeah, he's always been uh, – something with his walk has always been really good. That was – Oh, yeah. I think it's you that said that. That's one of the reasons you're not too worried about the strikeouts is because he also walks a ton. Mm-hmm. He does yeah, that uh, that's, that's something about you know even Edwin when he was mm-hmm. struggling right now. Um, now he's starting to, to get a little bit better. But, I mean, even today, he – I think he had one hit. But or even if he didn't have a hit, yeah, he had one hit. But I mean, he walked twice. So I mean, that's amazing. You want those guys to just keep getting on base over, even if they're not always hitting home runs. They're just they're not wasting outs. Yeah, they're they're and they're making pitchers work. So and that's the type of guy. Like Bobby Bradley is probably going to be one of those uh, one of three outcome type of players where you mm-hmm. strikeout, walk, home run type of guy that you could expect to have. Yeah, I actually wrote something about Edwin earlier today. It's 50% of Edwin's at-bats have been either a walk, strikeout, or home run, which is insane. Yep. So maybe he won't be that much, but Bobby Bradley, I think that's a good – I'm not going to say he's going to be Edwin and Canarsky Owen, but that's a good 
like a ceiling kind of comparison is mm-hmm. that a strikeout walk home run kind of guy. Now, does any yeah. of that actually worry you about not just Bradley, but the whole Akron situation, or is this all just this typical uh, small Not really. Stuff? I mean, most of the guys that are on that team are hitting really well. Like Yu Chang Chang started the season with three home runs in his first three games. Francisco Mejia, I think, is leading all of minor league baseball in doubles. He's batting about 400, and he's throwing everybody out from behind the plate. He's now 5-for-5 throwing out base stealers, and he's picked off four batters. Uh, Greg Allen's batting about 300, stole four or five bases, so he's just doing a great job setting the table. Tyler Creeker's batting about 400, over 400. I mean, they're they're playing great. They just need their their pitching to to settle in. I mean, they, they probably have the weakest rotation out of all of the, the full-season clubs right now. And it got a little bit weaker now because uh, Rob Kaminsky just went on the disabled list with uh, something with his forearm. The seven-day, so it's not like the 60-day. But, I mean, that, that could keep him sidelined for a while. So we'll see what they uh, end up having to do there. But uh, right now it's basically their starting pitching that's kind of limiting them and keeping them out of games. So, Brian, let's move on to the the main thing where <clears throat> a lot of people are probably going to see this podcast as a video form at the top of the post. Um, your weekly mm-hmm. minor league players of the week. I think I might know a pitcher in Columbus who's going to be on this list, and he's probably going to be there for a while. <laughs> well, but if you want to run down who you got, uh, go for it. I I kind of cheat on this. It's it's tough for pitchers because oh, no. if they only have one start, it's tough because there's so many pitchers in the organization that get two starts. Oh, yeah. So if somebody has two starts and they're good, they get kind of get the advantage over the one-start guy. So Mike Clevenger was an obvious one last week because he got two starts in, and they were both amazing. Uh, and then he was really good this past week, but he didn't get two starts in. And, I mean, for you to get to make my prospect of the week uh, with one start, it had, it had better be just a, one of the best starts ever. And uh, his was really good. So was Tristan McKenzie, so was Aaron Cavell, so was Thomas Pannoni. None of them made it because they only got the one start in. Only one pitcher had two starts that I thought did really well, and that was uh, Shane Bieber. He just finished his start with Lake County today, and he gave up one run in six innings. His last start was also one run in six innings, and he struck out 11. So uh, he's, he's definitely earned uh, a Prospect of the Week nomination. So we got the Bieber fever going on at Lake County. <laughs> And then uh, the rest of my five Prospect of the Week nominations are actually all position players. We had some players have monster weeks, Matt. Um, Jose Medina, a guy you're not exactly known for being a, a power hitter, but in three games played, he he had one game where he hit three home runs and a double. <laughs> yeah, I remember so, that one. I recap that. That's, that's kind of going to get you Player of the Week nomination. <laughs> so before you go on from him, actually, I wanted to ask, is he, because when people are seeing those big home runs, is he really like considered a future prospect in the majors or just more of like a guy in the minor leagues who happens to be playing? He's, he's been more of a filler guy. I think he was like one of those just Dominican guys that's that can kind of play a lot of infield positions. And he just had a monster game. Like, he doesn't even play every day for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, he's. He, I don't expect to see him on the prospect rankings again this season. But, I mean, he, he can surprise me. I mean, he had a couple decent uh, weeks last year, but didn't quite make it. So, he's somebody that I, I noticed. Like, if I think that there's even a, a chance that they could be, like, a prospect to keep an eye on that could make it to the major leagues, I usually include him in my box score at the bottom. Like, 
I'll, I'll throw out kind of the journeyman players usually, but uh, but Medina was a guy that I was tracking last year, and uh, he kind of tailed off at the end. So we'll see how he uh, does this year. But that that was a hell of a game he had. Oh, yeah, uh, so did sure. so did uh, Emmanuel Tapia, a power hitter uh, out of the Dominican. He had a, a four for four game with the home run in that game where Lake County scored like seventeen runs. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you got a lot of good players that in games hurt. like that. Yeah, they, you're gonna you're gonna have a really good week. Remember, and a guy that was a former like top 10 prospect and he's lost some of his luster he had a monster week dorsus paulino remember him oh yeah didn't yeah wasn't he suspended for something or i think of somebody else yeah last year he got suspended or no that was uh luigi rodriguez oh, okay that's something yeah but uh dorsus paulino yeah no paulino just had some injuries and stuff and but he, he finally started hitting when they promoted him to like high a like two seasons ago like at the end of the year then last year he was kind of up and down between Lynchburg and, and Akron, and then this year he's been with Akron all season. And this past week he batted 450 with two home runs, slugging percentage 750. So nice week for him. And then here's a guy. This is actually an interesting one. If Jan Gomes and Roberto Perez keep struggling, we have a veteran catcher that had a really strong spring. Eric Kratz could be pushing them for some time. Uh, Kratz. Yeah, Kratz this week for Columbus went seven for twelve, batted five eighty three, hit three home runs. His slug, his uh, slugging percentage one point five. <laughs> wow! So fifteen hundred, fifteen hundred slugging percentage. He had two doubles and three home runs out yep. of his seven hits. That's a little better than the Indians are getting other catchers. Just, yeah, just, just a, a little, tiny bit, just a little. <laughs> And then uh, Tyler Krieger is another one that I think uh, will be getting nominated. He had uh, a couple huge games. He batted 444 this past week with uh, a home run. And he's, he's, I mean, this is a kid that I think has an extremely bright future after how well he played for Team Israel in the World Baseball Classic and and how just incredibly well he's hitting at double A already in his first taste. Like he, he's coming out of the gate swinging him and Mejia in their first taste of double A are just torching the ball. So I'm I'm really excited about these guys. Do you think Krieger could wind up being like this year's either Greg Allen or Francisco Mejia? Yeah, even if it's not quite got, as big, just some kind of breakout. Yeah, because you got to remember he missed like after the Indians drafted him, he didn't play that year because he was nursing an, an injury. And then last year was his first taste of professional baseball, and he batted like over 300. Got promoted the same time as Mejia from Lake County to to Lynchburg, and he only played in Lynchburg for half a season and then they promoted him straight to double a just with Mejia. So, I mean, they really like him. Yeah. And I can see why he was good in the he WBC. He's been great this year. And I don't know if Kipsis is going to be gone. He's still got quite a few years. I imagine by the mm-hmm. time Krieger's yeah. ready, Kipsis might still even be here, but I don't know. That'll be interesting at some point. I think it'll be really interesting because oh, yeah. Krieger is a very talented young player. Yep. So uh, moving on to our questions of the week, uh, every Thursday, we usually, call out i usually tag brian in them because we got some prospect questions um, you guys can ask whatever you want email us sbn let's go try or sbn let's go try at gmail.com feel free to drop them now in the comments if you're watching live uh, we'll try to grab them if we can but for now we got our first one from at my name moses he wants to know what are the chances we see mejia and cleveland on the rosters expand so i figured we've we've answered variants of this question i guess but this one's pretty specific. So when rosters expand in September, do you think we'll see Francisco Mejia? No, I, I just don't think it's worth... It's not worth losing a year of control. 
He's so good. I think they'll roll out kind of the, the Francisco Lindor plan. I think he makes it to the Indians next year, and he's in Columbus at some point this year. And But I think they want him to come up at some point, maybe even in June or July like they did with Lindor, and just come out and get as much control uh, of him as possible because he's still just like 21 years old. And, I mean, this kid is going to be around for a while, and he hits – the hell out of the ball and he has a cannon arm i mean he's somebody to get really excited about and you don't want to lose a year just because you got antsy in the pantsy and needed to call him up in september <laughs> just because somebody on twitter wanted you to so you did it. <laughs> yeah the, yeah the exactly. key is just to be patient there's no reason he doesn't need to come up he's not going to be i mean honestly right now do you think he'd be any better than yon gomes or roberto perez like against offensively yeah yeah he would offensively I mean, but enough to ruin the like you said, no, enough to not worth it. No, yeah. not not worth losing a year. No, he would he would be an upgrade there. But I mean, there's still some things that that I keep hearing he needs to work on. Uh, maybe some personality stuff, some uh, pitch calling, framing, like all the little things that you can't detect in a box score. I'm actually interviewing uh, Akron manager uh, Mark Budzinski tomorrow morning and i'll be speaking to him almost exclusively about francisco mejia and all the little things that we can't detect in the box score so we're gonna i'm gonna be asking everything that uh, i can think of that that i don't already know <laughs> so i think it's gonna be yeah that's gonna be a really good one so yeah i'll be i'll be talking to him well in a car <laughs> <laughs> oh, as you're driving or what no my brother will be driving oh okay oh yeah okay so uh at robbie struck uh, he wants to know, Bobby Bradley is on a tear. When does he move up? He said to Cuba, but I'm assuming he means Columbus. Uh, yeah. End of the yeah. season. So when is Bobby Bradley moving up? At least he didn't say when is he coming up to the majors. This is a more yeah. <laughs> grounded question. When does Bobby Bradley make the next step? Well, Bobby Bradley has had a very nice week, and he had a couple home runs. He's now up to three. He really started hitting the ball well uh, in the past couple of days. He had a really good game in that 12-2 route they had yesterday. But... Um, I'm not expecting them to call him up to Columbus anytime soon. They got Nelly Rodriguez in Columbus, and he's super struggling. Like he's batting below 100, um, and I mean, they're not just going to dump Nelly Rodriguez to call up Bobby Bradley right now. I mean, Bobby Bradley won the MVP at Lynchburg last year, hit 29 home runs, had like 104 RBIs or something ridiculous, and they never called him up. He was in uh, Lynchburg the whole season, so I wouldn't be shocked if he spent the whole season in. Uh, double A, and then they just have him start at Triple A next year. Are you worried about Nelly Rodriguez at all? I, I'm not going to say he's little bit. the next yeah. Jesus Aguilar because I think he has yeah. better. Well, Jesus power, Aguilar's but... a successful major league first baseman, yeah. right? <laughs> I know that's crazy. To think. I don't think he's hit a home run yet, though, has he? Yeah, no, but he's hitting the ball. He's, yeah. he's doing a good job. He had an amazing winter league, and then he had an amazing spring training, and then he's starting his career off well. Good for him, getting some playing time. Sure. Um, but yeah, Nelly, I'm a little worried about Nelly. I mean, the jump from double A AA to triple A isn't that severe, but I mean, he is playing awful. I mean, mm -hmm. let me let me get his full statistics here right now <laughs> uh, just to read these off because they, they ain't pretty. Yeah, I thought even before he had these struggles, so, he was kind of in a bad spot because the Indians right now, they have Santana and Edwin. And then by the time they're gone, <laughs> there's going to be Bobby Bradley. And then Nelly Rodriguez is going to stuck in the middle. Yeah. So here's here's Nelly's line on the season. He is batting zero point zero nine five. Today he went zero for three with two strikeouts. And on the season so far, 
He is four for 42. Three of his four hits are home runs. Well, there you go. And he has 21 strikeouts. He is striking out 50% of the time. What's his slugging percentage? Slugging percentage, 310. Oh, okay. Batting average, 095. <laughs> Those are Jan Gomesian numbers. Yeah, and he has four, eight walks. Yeah, okay. I'm yeah, like, it's not pretty. He needs he needs to hit the ball and not just be home runs. They have him batting eighth right now in the Columbus lineup. The first baseman power hitter batting eighth. You don't see that very often. Oh yeah, and you you can see why he was passed in um the the Rule Five draft. It's not that he's yeah. terrible. It's that he he clearly isn't ready for higher level pitching. But no, he'll be adjust eventually. So uh, our final question from Twitter, it's at Shrock the World. He wants to know the MLB timing for Rob Kaminsky and Brady Aiken. Uh, Rob Kaminsky is a good talent, but he keeps getting hurt. Um, he went on the disabled list after we traded for him, I believe, two years ago. Then he went on the disabled list early last year with a, a back injury, and now he's on the disabled list, just got put on with a, a forearm injury. And it's it's definitely stalling out his development a little bit. Uh, he had a good season last year, and I expect at some point this year he'll be called up to Columbus, but he's not going to be on the Indians this year. They have too many... Uh, decent starting pitching prospects at Columbus. They've got Clevenger, Merritt, Plutko, Moramando. Those guys are all going to see the Indians before him, and and maybe Julian Merriweather too. Merriweather's like two or three years older than uh, Kaminsky, so uh, I think Merriweather's now surpassed him a little bit too, just in terms of how well he's performing and strikeout rate and all that other stuff, and staying healthy. So uh, I, I wouldn't expect to see Kaminsky make any appearance, even a spot appearance on a doubleheader or something until 2018. And then Brady Aiken. Yeah, Brady Aiken, I'd say give him two more years after that, so 2020. Um, speaking of Aiken, he actually pitched uh, yesterday, but the game got suspended, and he was four and two-thirds innings into it, and he was doing much better than last. I remember the previous game he had like seven or eight walks, Oh, yeah, it was really um, weird. I don't think he yeah. gave up a bunch of hits. He only, he, he only gave up two runs. Yeah, yeah, he only gave up two runs, but he gave up seven or eight walks. Uh, this time he gave up two runs and four and two-thirds. He was still pitching when the game got suspended. Obviously, he's not going to be pitching anymore when the game gets resumed in like a couple months. But uh, he was doing really well, and I think he had five or six strikeouts. So, yeah, he was he was looking much better. And I think he only had like one or two walks. So, yeah. That's good for Brady. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not worried whatsoever about Brady Aiken. I think uh, he'll at some point really settle in at Lake County, and there's not as much hype on him right now because some of the other guys at Lake County are doing so well, like uh, Shane Bieber and Aaron Cavell. Yeah, it's a shame about, especially Rob Kaminsky, that I read about his curveball being so good a couple of years ago. I don't was it as good last? Wasn't it with last year? Yeah, he ended really well, and then he still had the yeah curveball the, the curveball the curveball's back. And his, okay. he's throwing low to mid nineties. I mean, there's nothing wrong with his velocity, nothing wrong with his curveball anymore. Just he's just still not a he's not a huge strikeout guy, and he's having some trouble staying healthy. He's not a big guy. Yeah. Uh, so moving on to Facebook questions, we got uh, Matt McPhee. He uh, answered earlier when we asked when we were rounding up questions. He asked, as, assuming McKenzie puts on some pounds and gets over 150, what do you think his ceiling on his velocity could be? So for context, anybody who doesn't follow Tristan McKenzie. If he turns sideways on the screen, he kind of disappears. He's a really skinny kid. He's really tall. Um, he's going to grow into it, I'm, I'm assuming, probably. So if he does put on some more weight, do you think that'll help his velocity a whole lot? Yes. Um, I mean, he, he just doesn't have a lot of muscle on his frame. I, I can already tell that it's affecting him a little bit now, not with his velocity as much, but with his endurance. 
he he runs out of steam a little bit. Like uh, they had a Baseball America scout watch him pitch his last start like two days ago, and the guy was super impressed with McKenzie. McKenzie had a monster start. He went like either five or six innings, struck out eight people, gave up no no earned runs. I mean, he he was fantastic, and he struck out the side in his last inning, even though he was running out of gas. And uh, but he did say that McKenzie's velocity was down like three or four miles an hour in the last inning on uh, on his top speed. So I think adding some muscle to his frame will help that endurance for sure, uh, help stretch him out, and then it will definitely add some speed to his fastball. Because right now he's not 150 pounds because he's 6'5". If he was 6'5", 150, that would, that would be scary. He's, he's 6'5", 165, which is still incredibly skinny. Um, I mean, even in high school when I was running cross-country like, and I was in track running like a sub-five-minute mile, I'm six four and I weighed like one ninety in high school. So that's that's just for comparison. And I was like a distance runner. Yeah. So it's crazy how skinny he is. And the the Indians are I, I don't they're not gonna like just mass bulk him up and and just make him hit the gym constantly. They're 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 probably gonna take it slow and and keep steadily adding uh, some bulk to his frame and and it'll take some time. But uh, right now he looks so good and I think. He tops out at about 95 right now. I think he could hit the upper 90s, like 98, 99, maybe even 100, if he can add like 30, 40 more pounds. That is just terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Not as an considering, as yeah, considering how good he is right now as a 19-year-old. Remember, he's 19 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, how many of you were, were done growing and filling <laughs> out your frame at 19? I, I Nobody I know. Yeah. So yeah, don't rush this kid. Let him let him develop and grow. And man, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be so <laughs> damn good. I'm so I'm so excited about <laughs> Tristan McKenzie. I do kind of wonder if he if he wasn't like that. If he was more like one of the kids who looks like he's almost fully grown into his frame at 19. Do you think maybe he would get like on the fast track like CC did? Or is it because he, of the he way is he's getting built, fast track though? He is getting fast well, track. Well, CC was I in mean, the majors at like 19. I mean, well, like see, I mean, he made his debut at 20, I think. Oh, okay. I thought it was 19. But, I mean, okay. I mean, Tristan McKenzie last year was at Mahoning Valley and then got promoted to Lake County after, like, seven starts. He only started at Lake County, like, four times. And then, boom, they're, they, they're having him start at Lynchburg, and he's torching Lynchburg. So, <laughs> he's, he's going to be in double-A at some point this year as a 19-year-old. Yeah. So, he's not far off. I'm not, like... He's going to be in the major leagues a lot sooner than people think. I think by the time he's 21, like Francisco, Francisco Lindor age. Yeah, I can totally see that. Especially this yeah. rate. I mean, unless he hits a brick wall somewhere, he's going to just keep going. You can't yeah. just hold him back against competition. He's dominating. Yeah, his his last – let's let's check Tristan McKenzie's line on the season. He is striking out 10.3 batters per nine innings. He has pitched 15 and two-thirds in three starts, two and one with a 1.72 ERA, 2.86 FIP. I mean, this kid is nasty. And he's walking 2.3 batters per nine innings. So let's, it's not even a question on here, but uh, McKenzie being so good kind of reminds me, reminds me of something on the opposite end of the spectrum is Juan Hillman. Uh, mm-hmm. He had his struggles last season. I think we all thought it was just kind of fatigue at the end of the year. I know I actually went to a game that he pitched for Mahoning Valley, and he did not look good at all. He doesn't look good this season either. Are you? Is there any worry there over him, you think? Um, no. I mean, he's about the same age as Tristan, maybe a couple months older. 
Um, I think he's he just turned twenty. So no, I'm not I'm not too worried about him. We got a ambulance going by, but uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I, he's not obviously going to have the rocket ship strapped to him like Tristan because he doesn't have quite as good strikeout stuff. Mm-hmm. So he has to more learn how to pitch a little bit better. He doesn't he doesn't hit like the mid nineties with his fastball, but he is a southpaw, and all of his pitches are plus. So it's just more him just continuing to develop and learn. And I think he's got some great mentors in Lake County right now with uh, Bieber, Cavell, Brady Aiken, and uh, Micah Minyard all in that staff, uh, in that starting rotation, helping him out. And then he's even got Krauth and Tolley, this long relievers out of the bullpen that have a lot of starting experience. So he's going to have some great people to, to learn from this year. And I don't think he tails off. I think he'll improve as the year goes instead. Kind of the opposite of what he did last year. Well, Brian, uh, thanks for joining me once again for this. Besides your, um, obviously, you're writing on Let's Go Tribe. Uh, do you want to let, let everybody know where they can find you? Uh, yeah, I have two Twitter accounts, actually. Uh, one's just me. It's at Brian Hemminger. Like, that's just if I'm covering mixed martial arts, if I'm writing articles, whatever's just at the top of my head. That's 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 that. Twitter account. And then the other one I made like explicitly to talk about baseball. And that's my tribe time LGT account. Like I only follow like Indians prospects and beat writers and, and Indian sites. And, and I only talk about the Indians. Like that is exclusive baseball. So if you want to talk baseball, that's, that's the one you really want to talk to me on. Okay, cool. And I know you have another podcast too, right? Oh yeah. The, the ad odds. Yeah. I I have four, yeah, four podcasts total that I do. With this prospect chat, I have my verbal submission where I interview MMA fighters on Sundays. I have the Premium Odds Cast where I preview upcoming UFC events with uh, odds maker Nick Kalikas. And I on Wednesday nights I have uh, a more not not a little less safe for work <laughs> podcast called the Ad Odds Podcast with a high school buddy of mine that we just talk about sports and politics and. Just whatever we feel like talking about it. So it's a lot more casual. Well, cool. Well, thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. Yep, no problem. Everybody else, we'll talk to you next week.